All right, everyone. Hi, I'm Shani, and I manage Octopus Strategic Partners. And joining me today is Jen Gutman, our Director of Social Strategy. Hi, everyone. Uh, in this webinar, we're going to be talking all about employee advocacy and how to maintain and even launch a successful advocacy program during a crisis similar to what we're going through right now. So essentially, we all know this pandemic is affecting all walks of life and really every industry out there. What we really don't know is what the future holds, but taking these steps in the right direction is really the only way that we can keep moving forward. So with these types of events that are going on and happening globally, it's really important that the organization is aligned on the messaging that you want to be delivering to your customers and your audience. Employee advocacy is a really effective and creative way to deliver that message while allowing advocates um, and your employees to engage in these meaningful conversations on social. So I just wanna remind everyone that you are on mute. If you have any questions at all, feel free to drop them in the uh, Q&A box and we're, we'll make sure to get to them at the end of this. Jen, <laughs> tell me what it's like being the director of social strategy during these times. I wanna, I wanna know a little <laughs> bit about the day to day. I can't imagine that this is, uh, this is easy. Sure. Um, so yeah, you really can't imagine, I think, what what all of us uh, B2B marketers and social media managers and employee advocacy leaders are going through um, after having started January 2020 strong and having to basically realign all of our content. Um, with that said, I always have had the philosophy uh, that there are, are no such things as problems, only challenges, right? And who doesn't love a good challenge? So I think we're all at the Octopost headquarters taking this as a really good challenge that we're going to figure out. So with that said, I, you know, when everything first started, I'm sure many of you can relate, I wasn't really quite sure what I should be posting or when I should be posting it or even what I should be sharing in regards to COVID-19. I was glued to the news um, and also glued to our competitors' feeds being like, okay, who's going to say something first? And for me, there was no really defined moment until I logged into Octopost and I saw that our engagements started to go down. And for me, that was, that was the time when I was like, okay, Jen, it's okay to post now about COVID content. See what I did there? Um, because I understood very quickly that this is where our audiences, that's where their minds were. Um, so once that signaled to me that we needed to change up our content, um, I also knew we needed to empower our advocates with the right content. And I also knew we needed to act fast because news was changing on a daily basis. Um, so I started to brainstorm. And as I began to brainstorm, something kind of hit me as well, right? Like we, this is our new normal. Um, so we really need to be strategic as we start redefining our content and think not in the short term, but in the long term. What kind of campaigns can we be running today that's going to be able to continue the, the conversation um, into tomorrow? And for me, one of the themes that was relevant, I think, both internally at our company and externally globally, um, was the messaging and not creating panic. So a fun fact about me is I actually hold a master's degree in counterterrorism and homeland security. And before my shift into the social media world, I was certified by FEMA and had to handle social media during crisis. So I was like a little bit excited that, wow, this is like I'm <laughs> in my career and I'm actually going to be able to combine these two things. Um, and so the first thing that I actually did was put together at Off the Post a crisis management employee advocacy task force. Um, and I highly encourage it if you haven't done so already. 
Um, at Octopost, it was pretty informal with a fancy name, um, but it was important for me to have the right team together to lean on as information, both internally and externally, was flying through all sorts of channels. So I invited our CEO, um, some marketing team members, our head of HR, our head of operations, and a few sales VPs. And really, for me, when it came to the advocacy side of things, the reason why I pulled everybody um, with those titles together is because I wanted to be able to communicate creatively on the different aspects of the business to our employees, because what I was finding was that there was mass panic internally um, to match what was happening globally. And again, one of my goals in this was do not create panic. And I felt that if we could use the advocacy channel to push out messages that would give our employees confidence, right? Confidence that their jobs aren't going anywhere, confidence that we're going to get through this um, and relevant information that it was going to keep everybody engaged with the program and keep sharing. Um, and then from there, um, when it came to our actual social channels, um, I basically needed to delete everything very quickly. Um, luckily, an Octopus is campaign-based, so I would just pause the campaigns, but that, that gave me a scare um, because I just was so afraid that the wrong message, the wrong image was going to go out across one of our channels that wasn't reflective of the times that we're in. Yeah, and I, it, that's a huge concern. What would you have done if that entirely wrong message did get sent out? Like what, uh, what could you have done to kind of save the day and step in with that right messaging at that right time? So I think being aware of your content, being aware of the messages you're sending out is very important. But when you're running an advocacy program, um, you don't always have that full control over what employees are going to say or how they're feeling necessarily when it comes to social, right? This is their outlet to share how they're feeling. And in today's environment where everybody is using social media to express themselves, to communicate, right? We're all literally in our homes all day. Um, my biggest concern there was that our employees, even though I trust them, I, I know that you know, after some meetings with our task force that employees were feeling nervous or scared or frustrated, right? We have global teams all sitting in different areas in Europe, in the States, um, in Israel, and every government is handling the situation differently. Mm -hmm. So what I ended up doing to really just be on the safe side um, is I used our banned keywords and I banned some words like curse words or other things that may be sensitive topics that employees mm -hmm. wouldn't be able to share just to really make sure the content people are emotional. So I, I just didn't want to have anything reflected poorly on Octopost um, as we figured out our messaging. So I would highly encourage using the banned keywords and the compliance features in your platform mm -hmm. um, because that really helps just, again, let you get a little bit of sleep in between all the crazy news. Totally. So what type of campaigns did you create for advocates um, since the start? Well, since, yeah, since the start of all of this. Yeah, right. Was that like February 19th? Um, yeah, I think that's been like around. <laughs> so um, basically the, the types of campaigns, we, we switched away from any campaign that was heavily promoting Octopost or really talking about, you know, the positive things about B2B marketing. Um, and we focused on three campaigns I'd say right now that are, I, I see the most engagements in. So the first one is just like your simple 2020 COVID-19 response. It's real basic. It's super easy. And I, I see so many clicks coming from it. Um, this campaign is currently housing any curated content 
or Octopost in-house content that we're writing about the coronavirus outbreak. Again, a goal of this campaign is to make sure none of the articles that we're sharing are spreading or contributing to panic and are somewhat still relevant to either the verticals that we sell to or to the audiences that we have. Um, mm -hmm. We then switched up a campaign. So it's called 2020 Globalization of Social Media. And in the beginning of January, we had this really cool idea that we were going to do a bunch of podcasts, webinars, um, and get some influencers and, and discuss interesting topics. And we actually shifted this campaign to focus on different challenges that, mm -hmm. that the different verticals that we have or business in general or organizations might have during these times. Um, so Colin Day, who's our managing director of OMIA, he was so nice to volunteer to host um, these podcasts. And we're interviewing people like Chris Skinner from the fintech space who talks about how banks, for example, can use um, social media to engage during this time. We're interviewing Kyle Hegery, who's a coach and expert on cross-cultural communication. Um, and so what I've been finding, if anybody's stuck with any sort of in-house content that they can be thinking about long-term, especially when it comes to advocacy, all the influencers right now that we lean on, they're all at home. So we all know where to find them. And they're, they're dying for speaking engagements because let's face it, a lot of their events have been canceled this year. So it's mm -hmm. a great opportunity to reach out to any influencers in your industries and start some series, uh, network with them um, and create those posts and, and, I see that our advocates like that as well because it's new knowledge for them as well. And so, for example, I had one of our sales guys come up to us and say, well, that was some really interesting content with the podcast. I'm going to use that when I talk to customers. So, again, trying to keep it educational. Um, and then the last campaign we probably should have had before COVID-19 um, that we set up is called 2020 Employee Suggested Content. And this campaign is geared, it's more light, lighthearted. Um, and this campaign is geared towards the suggestions that come from our advocates and our employees about what they want to share during these times. And I've seen what they're suggesting and they're making me laugh. Um, they're jokes, they're funny memes. There's a ton of great meme content out there right now, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and it helps me, I would say, drive the content bus when it comes to knowing what to put out on advocacy because it's coming from the advocates instead of get hit by it and feeling like, oh my gosh, yeah. I, I don't know what they want or what they want to share. Yeah, no, it, you were definitely able to take action really fast on social and align all of the messaging, align all of the advocates. So really <laughs> great work with that. Thank you. Thank you. I think one of the things that we're learning here at Octopost um, is that all of us are on the front lines together and that yeah. while we are all or would all consider ourselves digitally savvy social media experts, um, we are not really trained, I don't think yet, to handle this level of remote work, especially when it comes to advocacy. So like, yes, we're doing advocacy. We have global teams. Um, but at this scale and this quickly. So I think what's helpful is that I know that I can reach out to my B2B marketers on LinkedIn. We kind of um, reach out to one another and just kind of ping ideas off of each other because we're, we're all mm -hmm. learning together. Um, and, you know, these three campaigns above, they were not in the original 2020 campaign lineup uh, when we created our, our annual campaigns. But I think adapting quickly has been key to success and yeah. by doing that we're actually seeing like one of our campaigns right now has like 250 clicks and 14 conversions one of the three i mentioned above um and that's amazing i mean that's a, one of the best yeah. performing campaigns we've seen so i think if you can adapt quickly 
um, and just go with it. And if you see something's not working, don't wait until tomorrow to fix it. Just don't grow attached, get rid of it and start something new. Totally. And as an advocate um, on the Octopus team, I can tell you that the content that you're giving us and that you're providing us is not only on topic, but it's informative, also a little lighthearted during these times, which I think that everyone can really have a little bit of a relief uh, during this type of global pandemic. So can you share with us the type of content that you're finding to be more effective for keeping advocates engaged? So what is most engaging specifically for the advocates? Yeah, totally. Well, and specifically for the advocates audience, sorry. <laughs> yeah, for advocates, so feel free to chime in anytime. Um, no, but what, I, what I'm seeing, you know, first of all, I think this is the biggest question right now for a lot of um, yeah. advocacy program leaders is what's going to resonate with my, my advocates and what's going to also resonate with my audiences and their audiences and continue to drive mm -hmm. this forward, right? If it's like, where do we start? So what I'm seeing based on our analytics in Octopus is that the most profound engagements, meaning like the, the clicks, the conversions, even the comments I would say right now are pretty profound um, because they are allowing you to engage in some sort of conversation when we're all locked at home um, and being the most effective are the content pieces that are focused on giving any employee confidence or putting mm -hmm. some order or make sense of all the disruption going on around mm -hmm. them. So for example, um, third party content that's straight from the source um, of wherever it may be coming from around. I, I don't know, like I use like ink.com a lot. Social media today has some good stuff coming out for third party content that I've been sharing and it just puts some nerves at ease. I also mm -hmm. think as I mentioned, you really enjoy the lighthearted spoofs um, we did yeah. one, we posted one about like a spoof of video conferencing, right? Because if we can't laugh at ourselves, how are we going to get through this? Um, I also see how, how our industry, how the B2B social media marketing industry is handling the situation. So whether it's, um, you know, the impact and how to move forward, I see those articles having relevance. Um, and I think also I'm seeing positive articles about business moving forward, right? That's key. Mm -hmm. Figure out how to keep moving forward and anything yeah. that gives that hope or that message to advocates makes them feel that they're contributing still to the, to, to the greater good of the company. Um, sure. another, another big one, um, tips on work from home. And I think this is actually a really great one because it's really easy that it's easy for organizations to write about. And it's also easy if you just go to Google and type tips to work from home. And I've had uh, employees reach out to me, you know, they're having trouble with their internet. I mean, God forbid, can you imagine now if we lose internet, we're all at home, oh but God. like <laughs> their internet, their routers, screens, um, how do you set it up so that this is all going to work? Where, what's the best room right. in the house to sit in if I have kids? So you can get really creative with that content. Um, and then I also post um, workouts or recipes or TED Talks are really good. And we see a lot of mm -hmm. engagements on those. Um, yeah, no, sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. And then I think just when writing the content, um, just keep empathy in mind. Um, I think that for myself and when I'm writing all the advocacy content, I ask myself these four questions. The first I always say to myself, is this piece of content informative? for our employees and our audience. What new piece of knowledge are, are my, is my audience or advocates going to gain? Um, mm -hmm. The second question I ask is, will this piece potentially cause panic? And if I have any doubt in my mind that this piece of content is going to cause panic, I do not share it across the advocacy board yeah. in any way. Um, again, do not cause panic. The right. third is, 
the question that I ask myself is how is this content contributing to the greater conversation on social media? So having a look at the space in your industry and what topics are being discussed, how are you adding value um, to those conversations? Mm -hmm. And right, that goes into my fourth question. Am I speaking with a purpose or am I speaking just to speak? Because if I'm speaking just to speak, I think right now you don't need to add noise to the feeds. You need to just take a step back and make your conversation um, relevant and meaningful. If that makes sense. It a hundred percent does. And what I was, when I almost rudely cut you off, I just <laughs> wanted to agree with you that I'm just a lighthearted person in general. So I'm a, a bit more drawn to that type of content. Um, still, you know, informative, but a little bit more lighthearted. And I see that that's actually really resonating well with my audience. A lot of them are my partners and it's just allowing for some more meaningful, trustworthy conversations as they're also trying to navigate this new world order. So it, it just these relatable topics, I think that, you know, we're all on the same page. We're all going through this together and just being able to, to have conversations during this time. I think it's super, super helpful. Awesome. Um, and when it comes down to the messaging, Den, tell me what, what are your best tips? You mentioned never, you know, we never want to incite panic. So what okay. are your best tips for keeping the messaging? Uh, cool, common collective. Sure. So it's simple, right? Be human. Uh, we are all human. So let's be human in these times. And then when you think yeah. you're being human, be even more human, right? Because at the end of the day, that's, that's what your audience wants. Um, yeah. Connecting digitally, we've completely lost this peer to peer connection. And in these times, I think as, as all of our our customers and clients and advocates, as we all try to understand how we're going to rebuild um, these peer-to-peer -peer connections and these meaningful conversations, uh, be patient, but be human. Don't, don't also expect, um, you know, yourself to be a COVID-19 professional spokesperson and keep your um, audience updated about the situation. Leave that to the experts. Um, mm -hmm. And again, go back to being human. There's nothing wrong with on social media when you're an advocate. Um, if you share a piece of content, someone comments asking them how they feel or putting out messaging that's just simple, right? Like, have you had a right. glass of water today? Something as simple right. as that continue to spark those conversations that we are losing in the office space or from business meetings today. Um, I think the totally. messaging brands needs to resonate. And in order to do that, we really need to humble ourselves um, and, and also speak to what we know, not try to be someone that we're not. So be compassionate, be personal, be yourself, even be funny, right? Like Shani, like right. you're one of the, the most comical, funny, you have these great one-liners, bring that to life and as totally. you share your content. Um, and I think that by doing that, um, we're all in it together. And luckily social media is actually going to work to our benefit because it's going to help us stay connected. Um, and companies that are doing advocacy now, they, I think, have a leg up because they have advocates, a trained force on social that they're going to be able to continue to utilize. And again, just drive home that they are human, that there are, there are actual humans sitting at home behind right. these computers um, who want to talk to you, who want to engage. Totally. Now, when it comes down to the advocates themselves, um, mm -hmm. 
you know, we, the two of us were based out of our Tel Aviv office and we have our London office, our Atlanta office, we have Julia in Arizona. So we're used to a bit more of the remote connections, but now that everyone is at home and kind of in their own space, um, have you found it challenging to, to keep advocates engaged and participating in the program? And, and what techniques are you using to keep them engaged and participating? <laughs> Yeah, so I'm sure anyone on this call who's running an advocacy program, they will tell you, along with myself, that there are always challenges with keeping advocates engaged, whether there's a COVID crisis going on or not. It is definitely one of the biggest pains um, and obstacles of any advocacy program that we all work together to hopefully close the gap. I'd say mm -hmm. the main challenges that I've seen uh, now, there's, I think there's like four big ones. So the first I would say is um, connecting uh, and really understanding okay. what the advocates want to share. So right, I, what I've been doing for that, oh, sorry about that. I pressed oh, no. on my screen. <laughs> sorry about that. Um, uh, so yeah, so um, practicing advocate listening. So basically, right, this is like connecting with your advocate on a personal basis. Um, and I'm really prioritizing this because I think that right now more than ever, people are at home all day, whether they have kids or not, or whatever they're doing, and they're isolated. So they're dying almost to just have some communication. And I think it's a great yeah. opportunity as an advocate leader to listen to what the advocate would like to share um, and better understand what type of content that they would feel comfortable sharing. Because when, when they're comfortable sharing the content, then that means I'm doing my job. Another challenge I've seen is communication. Um, mm -hmm. We've lost pretty much, I mean, Shani, you and I used to have literally coffee every day um, and we would talk about work, we would talk Anything. about non-work, <laughs> we would talk about advocacy, and we've lost that ability to have a coffee break and gain insights from one another. So I recommend with this loss of communication to over-communicate but I think a challenge with that is also like, don't be annoying. And mm -hmm. that can be hard with the different personalities in the organization. So it's like, who, who are you going to really bother? You don't want to do that, but you also want to communicate, right. finding that balance. And I know for global companies, we're, we're still pretty lucky that, um, you know, our size um, but for global companies or companies where this might be less manageable, um, I would go back to having, you know, as I mentioned before, maybe set up a task force of some sort that you can kind of mm -hmm. get that feel from a few different members of your department um, and speak to them on Zoom meetings, see their face, but check in, right? Communicate with them, listen, actively listen. What are their teams in need of um, content wise? And then how can you help those teams do their job at the end of the day? Um, I think mm -hmm. that is really helpful. And, and again, even with HR, so a funny example here at Octopost is that during one of our task force meetings, um, we were speaking about, you know, different ideas for content and the, the, our head of HR mentioned that a few team members were worried about their home setup because they were living in, you know, a studio apartment and they had their desk and they didn't know what, like, how they were going to manage their day. So we started to do some research and we found like a personal trainer to bring in and, and we used the advocacy board as ways to kind of help our employees um, get ideas on how they can arrange their space or what they can do with their mm -hmm. time between calls. And I think the last thing that's been a challenge um, is keeping our company culture alive. 
um, it's, it's changing, it's evolving, which is awesome, right? It's that challenge that we know we're going to, we're going to solve because we, we have, it, we're excited to, but it's, it's different. So what I've been utilizing there, and I think this may be a great opportunity if you haven't done so already, um, is Instagram. And a lot of B2B companies struggle with what to share on their Instagram channels. And right now it's actually been one of the best social channels to engage advocates and connect with them because we actually have interesting content, right? Like you can take a picture in your kitchen and that's interesting for people to follow right. because other <laughs> see the more human side of you and not just the brand. So we have ramped up our hashtag employee takeovers, which is a huge trending hashtag right now on Instagram. And it gives you the opportunity to, actively listen, right? Because you have to reach out to them. You have mm -hmm. to gather some photos and you tell basically their story of what it's like to work from home. And we've seen a lot of engagements from this. And also employees are getting excited because they see their colleagues on our Instagram. They're sharing it in their stories. So I definitely think utilizing Instagram um, to keep your company culture alive is going to go a long way um, in the advocacy program as well. Yeah, so I just want to um, give you a little bit of a shout out right now. I, you know, Jen, before COVID-19, she was always reaching out to us if it was on a monthly basis to just connect with the advocates individually and get a better understanding as to how uh, we want this program to really run and the type of content we want to see and different types of incentives. And since COVID-19, um, she's been so on top of it and she's been taking all of our feedback and really applying it. And I just really think it speaks a lot to the program when there's someone leading it that's creative and engaging and just so you know enthusiastic about everything that has to do with social. So just wanted a little kudos to you on that. Thank you. Um, what other aspects of employee advocacy helps bring these teams closer together, even though, like I said, we're all working very much separately? Yeah. So, right, the big problem with social distance is that it actually creates social distance. Yeah. Um, and that's a challenge. Um, if you think, again, about that water cooler talk or lunch breaks or coffee breaks, we don't have that anymore. But advocacy is a serious, great replacement um, for these watering holes where we used to conjure and get information from one another and chat with one another because it's a way to continue to unify your company. What do I mean? Mm -hmm. So, right, the gamification aspects of an advocacy program right now can go a long way. Um, so I can tell you what's happening in Octopost. We have some of the regional managers that have been quite quiet over the past few months suddenly, like, going crazy and slamming everybody because they are just, like, getting all these clicks and they're so proud of it and they're, like, amazing. And, and they're <laughs> creating in our Slack channels naturally because they're excited that they're getting so many clicks um and i'd like to think it's because of good content but uh but they're, they're they're getting a lot of good stuff and and they're talking within each other and i think when i see that when i'm not the one that has to constantly be like advocacy 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 um it makes me a little bit more calm and i see between them on slack or on our whatsapp or on our google hangouts or all the other millions of ways we digitally connect um that the gamification piece, the competition, the mm -hmm. friendly competition, uniting everybody and everybody's now more aware of like who's at the top and they're checking the leaderboard more, maybe because they're home and they're bored, I don't know, but like yeah. they're checking the board more. So that's awesome. Um, and I think that what we've also done is we've revamped our incentives for the program. 
So I know right now is a difficult time for a lot of companies um, and money can be like finding budget for prizes and things like that at this time might be a little bit challenging. Um, Lucky for us, what we've done. So along with create meaningful content, we wanted to change our initiative to be meaningful. So we put forth an initiative to support our local businesses. Um, So now for the advocates, when somebody wins at the end of each month, um, instead of getting the traditional Amazon gift card, what we're doing is we're giving them a gift card to their local business of choice. And we are going to promote that business on our social channels with a shout out to the advocate. Um, And where we're really hoping that this takes off and we've had a lot of good feedback so far, but employees do feel like they have some control and some power um, to help a really not so great situation. And Mm -hmm. so even with our incentives, I would recommend thinking about what you're currently incentivizing with. Um, I know one of the the team members that I was speaking at, at a larger company, they shared with me that they were doing lunch deliveries for the top advocates, which I thought was a cute idea. Amazing. I love that. So it's like lunch on us. Um, So there's definitely ways to get creative. If anybody needs some ideas there, I have a whole list um, that I've been (laughs) hearing and brainstorming with, because again, it's, it's a big change, right? Like we have to make these moments meaningful. And I think also, right, there are parts of our day that are so mundane now that we're at home. So even putting meaning in the mundane, I think helping local businesses in this incentive, I'm hoping our employees will, will really drive up the content. So Shani, let me know what you think later. <laughs> I, I, I absolutely love the, the shift in incentives. Um, as the, I come from a long line of small business owners and I love that we're able to just give a little bit back wherever, wherever we possibly can. Yeah. Um, so Jen, before we wrap up, I would love to know if you have any other tips for B2B customers, um, B2B industries that are kind of really just trying to thrive in this new normal. Yeah. Um, all right. So I, I've thought about this long and hard and something that I came up with that I think is actually, it's, if we want to look at the COVID-19 glass, we can look at it half full with this one. Um, Mm -hmm. Because we've all been having to make content so quickly. And we've known our messaging, we know exactly like, you know, where to hit what and where in the buyer journey Mm -hmm. we need to put that content and now everything is like whoa (laughs) we don't know what's going on what people are feeling so I recommend putting together customer advisory committees and we're starting to do this at Octopost and we're seeing some really interesting stuff so what this basically means is we are having our CSMs our customer success managers reach out to their portfolio of customers, not to sell them anything, right? If they want to buy, that's amazing. But we're not being sales <laughs> with this initiative. It's, it's literally a listening initiative for our CSMs to reach out and just be human, right? And ask the questions around what can we do at this time from a content perspective to help you? What content mm-hmm. are you What information do you need to do your jobs better? Where can we come in and help? And we've been getting some interesting feedback in these advisory, we call them um, customer advisory committees because we let the customers know um, 
you know, that their, that, the, that their feedback is being taken very seriously and, it, and it's being looked at. So if anyone out there who's a customer listening and they want to be a part of this committee, um, please reach out to your CSM. Um, we're looking to understand where we can help you improve your customers. And this is like marketing at its finest, right? This is listening to your customers, understanding the content that they need, the materials yeah. they need, and then we're going to provide them with that. Um, and mm -hmm. I think at crisis continues to unfold, it's, it's giving us a reason to reach out to our customer with a purpose, not just, you know, I need to reach out to you because this is my job. It's a, listen, right. you really, really want to engage and understand, are we on par? Um, and then the second thing that we've found helpful is employee engagement training via Zoom. Um, so what are these trainings? So basically in the past, um, I think our advocacy program, it kind of reminded me, I was a cheerleader. So it reminded me of a megaphone. We had like the cheerleaders like being like, go content. And then it goes out <laughs> and they share the content, the advocates share the content and it's out there. It's a social land and there's no, there's nothing coming back our way in terms yeah. of comments, engagements. And what I'm seeing is that because of the work from home environments and because everybody is online, um, there are more engagements, there are more comments, there are more discussions taking place on the content being shared. And I don't think employees right now, as I mentioned before, right, we're not trained for this new work setup that everybody's remote. Um, some employees don't exactly know how to comment or how to engage back. And again, mm -hmm. when those conversations right now that are lacking that we're once peer to peer are no longer there, we need to arm our employees who are sharing our content with the right tools to respond to that content. So for example, totally. in sales, right, we want to make sure that if someone raises a question about the industry or right, a salesperson should know how to handle that question, but also be human. And so we are putting together employee trainings to help with not being a megaphone, but really helping to drive uh, two way discussions on social media. Yeah. Amazing, Jen. Thank you so much. Um, I want to move over to Q&A. We have some really good questions. Um, are you ready? <laughs> yeah. So one of, the, one of the questions we got, what are your suggestions for those who are looking to relaunch their employee advocacy program in times like these? So had a program, uh, paused it, and now looking to relaunch. That's a really great question. I do think that now is actually going to be the best time to do this. Um, mm -hmm. And I would look at it as a uniting initiative, um, right, with so many um, people right now working from home, right, um, they're going to need a place to, you're, whoever you're, I don't know if, and again, um, we can also take these questions and take them, you know, personally further, but um, I don't know if we need to to pitch this to stakeholders or write a business case, or if it's already been approved wherever you are in the process of bringing the, the program back. But I think a great place to start would be a, a kickoff and launch over Zoom um, and getting everybody retrained. And again, I would need to know a little bit more information on where you are in the launch, but I um, would be certainly happy to talk more about it. But I think again, just making sure everybody's trained to handle um, the responses uh, and share the content on how to use advocacy, why you're doing it, why it's important. Um, I hope that helped, helped that question. No, 
I, I think it absolutely helped. Um, we'll have our contact information at the end, everyone, just so you know. So if you wanted to elaborate further, we can certainly help you with that. Um, but the next question that we got, how do you recommend the balance of not appearing to be capitalizing on this crisis via new campaigns or initiatives launched via um, advocates and so on? That is, that's like my biggest fear, um, right? <laughs> so, so I'm like, I'm dead serious. And I think a lot of us have this, you know, this notion in your head when you're creating the content, um, right? How do you find that balance? And I think it is hard. One of the things that I've been leaning on, right, is whatever content that I'm creating, I'm, I'm trying to be very thoughtful about it. Um, and so if it's content about working from home, for example, um, I'm trying to see the reaction of it. And actually just today, so we launched um, a new ebook. This was from before and it's finally finished. And I like tested out today, like for the first time in like a month and a half, some content around marketing automation and Octopost and how we integrate. And I'm just keeping my eye on the analytics, honestly, and, and making sure yeah. like what I'm sharing is resonating. And, and I, again, um, I think there, there is a fine balance and I'm not quite sure if any marketer has figured out that balance yet, but I'm trying yeah. to stay away from like the salesy language. I'm trying to stay away from like, you know, buy Octopost or buy product um, today, but more around how we may be able to help you during this time. Um, because I do still think that business is moving forward and people are still looking to understand the tools that they're going to need to have to move forward. Um, and I think that as part of our job as marketers, right, what I said before, we're not COVID-19 experts, we're our own industry experts, and it is our job to continue to educate um, our, our audiences and, and keep people informed about what it is that we do. And I think part of a way to continue to keep business moving forward is not stray too much from your original messaging in terms of, you know, at the end of the day, you are still trying to engage with your audience. So, so let's use social to do that. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. I have another question here that ties okay. in a couple of the questions together. Um, <laughs> okay. I'm looking to start an employee advocacy program. What resources and best practices are there for organizing boards, choosing advocates, how to launch and so on? That's a really good question. Um, <laughs> I can also chime in with this one. Yeah, Shani, I'm going to, you know, you were once a customer success manager managing our partners, and I know from our coffee talks that this has come up a lot. So I'm going to actually pass yeah. it to you because I think you could have better insight. So when it comes to choosing advocates, um, I like to look at it as who is going to be engaging and who's going to bring the most value to the program and who is it going to be most valuable for. Um, so when I am kind of guiding customers, partners around launching an advocacy program, I would always recommend starting with, first of all, your internal marketing team. That's also a nice little testing period where you can see and get feedback on the type of content that you're sharing and the frequency of shares and the engagements that you're generating. From there, I would open it up further to the customer facing team. Um, all of your client facing team, as soon as they hang up the phone with someone, they should be connecting with them on LinkedIn. I know that that's what I do. I know that that's basically what we were trained to do. Um, again, just building up our, our connections and making them meaningful connections. So moving over to the customer facing team, marketing, customer facing. Um, and then I think it's really important to have C-level execs, um, C-suite 
on the advocacy board, I think it leads by example. I think that if we have CEOs and CMOs on the board, um, employees within all of these departments are gonna be much more inclined to share. When it comes to resources, we have endless resources. Uh, so specifically for Optivos, we have a whole advocacy toolkit. It includes checklists and what to do before, during, and after it, well, not after, but before and during an advocacy program. Um, what to measure, how to incentivize, really everything that you could possibly think of, along with blogs and case studies and webinars, really galore where you're able to learn from so many different verticals and also so many different size companies. So, um, you know, everyone's telling their story of what's effective for them. And you can really take the bits and pieces because at the end of the day, you know, you're the ones that know your organization best. So you're going to be able to adapt the program um, to make it as successful as possible for your, your program. I hope I answered that all right. Um, We'll be happy to, I think we'll definitely be sending out that advocacy toolkit in a follow-up. Um, otherwise, you can certainly reach out to us at the end. So I want to take one more question. I do want to be conscious of time. Um, so bear with me. Can you explain a little bit more about our advocate listening process? Is that the, like, the active advocate listening? Like, I'm, I'm guessing that's what it, like, um... I believe so. Okay. So yeah. So and in case well, that's not the case, you can always let us know and we'll be able to give you a better <laughs> answer. <laughs> yeah. Um, no problem. So that process was really brought about. It's like active listening, right? Like you really, so, okay, let me, let me take it back. So what I would do in that process is I would first look, I would log into Octopost and in Octopost, you can see when the last time somebody has logged in. So when it mm -hmm. comes to the active listening, the advocate listening. Um, I, I kind of split the advocates up into three groups. And I actually wrote a blog about this um, with like, if you think about advocacy on a bell curve, right, you're going to have at one end your social enthusiasts and, and they're awesome, right? It doesn't really matter what you put on the board, they're sharing it. You're going to have a big chunk in the middle. And I'm still seeing this, by the way, in the work from home environment. So it's, still standing Pretty in the consistent. middle yeah <laughs> still in the middle you have kind of your yeah, your advocates they're going to log in they're going to share content they're not your enthusiasts they're not your sallies in the front of the zumba class going crazy but they're the ones that are in the middle <laughs> i don't know why that came to my head i guess i miss working out um but they're the ones in the middle um who are sorry that was really weird <laughs> um they're the ones you got this and then the ones the, what I call social curmudgeons. Um, they're the ones that like, no matter what you do, they're going to give you a hard time or complain or just not share. So I, yeah. I take a look on a daily basis at kind of like who's doing what. And I group our employees into that graph by myself and say, okay, you know, Joe is here. Sue is here. Sue's probably here. But Joe is here. <laughs> and then you have, let's say, Larry, who's the curmudgeon. And in the active listening process, I've come up with questions to engage each type of persona in my advocacy program. Um, so, right, so maybe Sally, who's sharing all of the mega, like all the content, maybe I'm, I want to actively listen to her of like, okay, you're sharing, Sally, but what are your engagements? Can we walk through mm -hmm. if you're getting any traction? I see here you have a conversion. Who is that? And we can take the program and get a little bit more advanced with her. And I feel it um, where that active listening comes in is she starts sharing with me like, who her audience is and what, what mm -hmm. she likes more of. And because she's utilizing the program, I do want to make sure I give a little bit more weight to the Sally's. 
the guys in the middle, um, I, I definitely reach out, I'd say more frequently to, and I have questions for them and for them, their questions are what's going to get you to, what's going to get you to share more? Um, am I, what content are you finding interesting? Um, or where we're going wrong, right? I'm not afraid to hear what, right. what might be working at all. And then from the social curmudgeons, I basically kind of just ask them like straight up, why are you not sharing? Um, and they'll tell me like, I, I don't want to be a part of this program or I am not interested, or I've had people say, I don't have time or what, you know, there's a million different reasons. Yeah. And so I'll pick one social curmudgeon a month to like personally get a little bit more shift, sway them with, to the, to the sound. And just bring everybody up one more of where they are. Yeah. Um, and I do see it working and I, I can, definitely send over those questions to whoever is asking and, and try to help there. But I do think the more that I listen, I think the better engagements my, my content is getting. And, and right. So I manage both the, the corporate channels and the advocacy program. And so something to keep in mind is that it's okay if your advocacy content is different than your corporate channels. Yeah, totally. It's totally okay. Um, so I find that Sometimes someone asked me to share the other day, like in the UK, there was an article that came out about um, if you unplug your microwave during this time, it was written in the BBC, that if you unplug your microwave during this time, you'll have better internet connection. And an advocate suggested to me um, to, to share that content. And I went with it. And that actually got a lot of engagements <laughs> in the UK. So I was well, really I'll happy. Be trying that when we jump off of this <laughs> webinar. <laughs> Amazing. Jen, thank you so much for um, delivering these points. It was super, super helpful. And thank you to everyone who was able to join us today. We're going to be continuing uh, these from the expert series over the next few months, just to make sure we're providing you all with the necessary information and resources um, to really be able to see continued success with social media during these times. Additionally, if you would like to consult with Jen directly on your organization's transition um, during this time or how to better leverage social media, advocacy, whatever it might be, uh, don't hesitate. I didn't mean that slide. I meant this slide. Don't <laughs> hesitate to reach out to her, uh, Jen at Octopus.com. You're also more than welcome to reach out to me, Shani at Octopus.com. We'd both love to help and share any tips and tricks of the trade with you. The last point that I would like to leave this webinar on is that advocacy really, it's, it's a major platform to keep staff, employees, customers, the entire audience educated and engaged during these certain times. If you're running advocacy currently, amazing. Take these points and tips that Jen delivered today and run with them. If you're not yet running advocacy, now is the perfect time. And again, Jen and I are here. If you need any guidance, if you just want to consult, have a little chat, we'll be more than happy to do that. So till our next episode of From the Experts, stay happy and stay healthy, guys. Uh, thank you again for joining. Bye. Bye.